Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined as always by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, back from the nation's capital, Wes, and uh, an old group called the Carpenters. They made a <laughs> lyric rather famous, and it goes, rainy days and Mondays always get me down. And I think that pretty much sums this one up. It was a rainy day at FedEx Field and uh, kind of rained on the Packers parade. Just uh, not one that uh, anybody's going to remember for, for a while. No, not for the right reasons. Right. And uh, certainly uh, it was weird, Mike. I, I woke up on Sunday morning, and we actually stayed like directly downtown. We're like two blocks away yeah. from the White House. Right. Looked out my window the moment before, and I knew it was going to rain. But just the amount of consistent rain throughout the day, it just it it sort of underscored what this game was gonna be for the Packers. And 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 it's funny, I you're always learning things, right? You know, in my thirty years, I, I think of every year I've covered the NFL and I've had a thought or I've had a you know, kind of an analysis, a hypothesis for how things were gonna go. And everybody talked about, you know, well, I've coming off a, a tie road teams, teams that then go on the road are like 0-13 or 0-14. I actually thought the Packers were going to be the ones to curb that. Uh, and certainly I'm not saying that that's the reason why they lost, but you could see what, how difficult it is uh, in those circumstances to go out there and play well. And in the Packers' case, particularly in that first half, just not enough. Yeah, it was a rough start on both sides of the ball for the Packers. No mistake about it. Defense was not playing well. Offense was not playing well. You get down into a 28-10 to hole at halftime. The in as the second half unfolded, you know, the defense bowed up and got a series of stops. And the bottom line is the offense had its opportunities to get back in the game. You had the feeling if the Packers could just get it to a one score game that was going to flip some of the pressure back to Washington's offense to have to try to seize the momentum back that uh, that that unit had clearly lost. But the Packers never got it to a one score right. game. They never they, they never, you know, turned up the screws in that respect so to speak and you know whether you want to talk about the penalties the drop passes all kinds of opportunities were there for Green Bay and uh, the Packers just didn't cash in and and walked out of there with a with a really tough loss yeah it's funny you're the big baseball guy Uh, (laughs) I I don't know as much about anymore but it it did seem to seem to me like a game where there was a lot of runners left on base yep in that uh, the Packers defense I mean that was about as bizarre of a game as I think I've seen in a long time in terms of the the difference between the first and the second half. Yeah, no question. 323 total yards in the first half, 63 in the second. Now, mind you, Washington had a lead. They were protecting the lead, but just how they didn't really do much in the second half. Alex Smith had six passing yards after yeah. halftime. I mean, four, four possessions, four possessions. Washington had one first down, and it was on the Clay Matthews yeah. roughing the passer penalty, which is a whole other discussion. I'm sure we can touch on again, <laughs> but uh, um, but no. The, the Packers' defense, for as much as the unit struggled in the first half, it gave the offense a chance in the second half, and and it just didn't come together. Yeah, and all five explosive plays the defense allowed were in the first two quarters. They settle in, but then offensively, every time it looked like the Packers were about to mount a rally, that Aaron Rodgers was going to lead the troops again, just something happened. There was a drop pass, uh, a fumble, um, you know, just things didn't quite go their way, and and. In this, in a road environment, 
playing a team that I think, as you've seen with Washington, is as game as they are, and their defense, which is pretty stingy. I mean, they're playing they're playing good ball right now. Mm-hmm. When you get an opportunity to to seize momentum, to to seize a, an opportunity to to put some points on the board. You have to execute on it, and the Packers just weren't able to do that. Yeah, well, to give you another baseball analogy, I wrote flying back on the plane last night. I was working on the Insider Inbox column for Monday morning, and and I said, you know, in a baseball lineup, you have to string the hits together. It doesn't do any good to get a hit in the first inning, one hit in the second inning, one hit in the fourth inning. You have to string them together. And the way this game went, the Packers couldn't string anything together. You get an interception from the defense, but then the offense has great field position and can't take advantage. The special teams pins Washington on the two-yard line. Well, that's time for the defense to do its part, but two plays, 75 yards, and Washington's right in scoring range again. You know, the offense hits the 64-yard touchdown, but then the defense allows another scoring drive right back the other way right, right. after that. The, the Packers couldn't string anything together, and the result is then you're scrambling in, in the second half to try to get back in the game, and it just didn't happen. It's an 11-on-11 game. It's offense versus defense, and in too many phases, the Packers just got beat just enough that ultimately it, it ended up being the result that it was. The, the difficult thing is is there were positives in this that, that get lost, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about the Clay Matthews uh, penalty here in a moment, but I mean the fact that Clay Matthews finally did get a sack, or it looked like he yeah. was that that looked like vintage Clay Matthews on that play yep. gets wiped out. Geronimo Allison has a 64-yard touchdown pass. Geronimo Allison is leading the Packers in receiving right now, and you know it's it's all for not Marquez Valdez Scantling looks like he can be the gunner that the Packers need to complement J.K. Scott, who had another strong game. Aaron Jones is back involved, but all those positives didn't ultimately help the Packers get to where they needed to be. And what you need to do more than anything else, and you and I talked about before we came in here, as great as those those moments are, it comes down to fundamentals across the entire offense and defense. And we could talk about it toward the blue in the face, yep. and people get you know tired of it. But it's true. If you go back and look at some of the, the, the areas where the Packers came up short, it's fundamental mistakes and, and not being able to either protect the football, secure the football, or you know, just just losing their technique. Yeah, obviously, and and technique that that is a key thing. Mike McCarthy, you know, after the game, said, "Hey, you know, we had too many penalties," and it does go back to the fundamentals. Because whether you're talking about the hand placement of offensive linemen when they're getting called for holding, or the techniques in the defensive backfield when you're getting multiple pass interference penalties on one drive, those kinds of things just they they take the wind out of the sails yeah. of, of any team. There's only so, there's only so many times you're going to get that opportunity to seize the momentum, and uh, and when you let it slip away like that, and then on top of it, you have a couple of veteran players in Randall Cobb and Lance Kendricks, and I don't mean to single them out because other guys had penalties, other guys had pass interference calls, and all that. But the drop passes when it's veteran proven veteran players, these guys are going to atone for their mistakes. We know that, but. That's tough because, you know, the past narrative around here has been, well, it's young guys who make mistakes and you have to live with them. In this case, it was a lot of veteran players, unfortunately, that let the Packers down. And, and you know, they're pros. They'll bounce back. Yeah. They'll, they'll get the job done. But it's 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 a, you know, a tally mark in the L column because of a, because of a lot of guys that, uh, that you know, know they didn't play up to their own standard. Yeah, and Randall Cobb is about as even keeled as they come and, and was beating himself up about it afterwards, you know, having the fumble in that series, uh, the, the really close fourth and two play. Looked like he had the catch upon further review. The ball did come out. It did touch the ground. Those are plays that, that Cobb prides himself on, and he knows the offense needs those moments. And certainly Lance Kendricks, that was a – 
a great opportunity uh, for a big play and explosive oh, play. Be the a Packers huge and, play. And he did a phenomenal job to it. it. It appeared like it was sort of an extended scramble drill where he was out in the flat, then he turned it upfield, almost turning it into a wheel route. Right. Gets behind the linebacker coverage. And the most frustrating part of that, and I know he talked about it, it's all focus, is that it wasn't even like it was broken up. Like he actually had the separation, he pulled it down. The linebacker, 54, I think that was Foster, that right? Foster, yeah. Uh, he didn't actually touch him until really he's on the ground. It just wasn't able to secure it. Moments like that that I think Aaron Rodgers talked about, the guys talked about in the locker room afterwards, separates the wins and the losses, and unfortunately for the Packers, this one goes down as an L. Yeah, well, a little bit of sponsor business here quickly, Wes. At home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy, so grab a warm bowl. Campbell's Chunky Soup, it's meaty goodness, fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, to add injury to insult, so to speak, the Packers left Washington rather banged up here. We saw Muhammad Wilkerson, veteran defensive lineman, get carted off the field which with what looked like a, a, a pretty nasty ankle injury. Brian Balaga left the game with a back injury. Also on the right side of the offensive line, Justin McCray left the game with a shoulder injury. Towards the end of the game, Nick Perry on the defensive side was being evaluated for a concussion. We'll see as the week goes along what kind of updates we get on those injuries. But, uh, but boy, those are, uh, those are some, some key veteran players that uh, you, know, you hope you know, things obviously don't look good with Wilkerson when the cart comes out like that. But with some of the other guys, you hope maybe none of these are long-term deals. Yeah, and, and Balaga, certainly the way he was able to come back from the knee injury and, and be a starter for this offense and be accountable at that position and, and moving back in at right tackle, it's it's tough to see You know him have to go out. Certainly Jason Spriggs, who I actually thought looked pretty good at the end of training camp, working mostly on the left side. Well, now he has to go back to the right side. Uh, and, and gets work there. Justin McCray actually said afterwards, this is the shoulder injury. He's kind of been dealing with it going back to training camp, but he sort of tried to muscle through it. There was a point in time in that game, though, where he started to realize subconsciously he wasn't really getting his hands behind his blocks anymore. He was doing things to compensate for that, and because he wasn't in his you know mind, you know, being able to help the offense at his full full pressure, full you know full accord, he pulls himself out. Byron yeah. Bell ends up being the guy that finishes the game there. It's tough because the the Packers offensive line, I thought one of the big positives these first two weeks is they had all five guys. They were able to start working together, building that rapport, and then you lose some of that. As far as Wilkerson, that one's really tough because we've seen, Mike, in these first three games, probably more specifically the Vikings game, how big the Packers' plans are for him with this defense and the ways that they can use him. Yeah. And it, and he actually had a pretty good pressure earlier in that game uh, that I thought kind of helped contribute to the ha Clinton Dix interception being able to get in Alex Smith's face yeah he was lined up as a five tech yeah. on that play and he was he was coming around the edge and Kenny Clark had some pressure up the middle and then Smith gets rid of that ball the uh the tight end doesn't break off his route and you know um the the pressure through the timing of the playoff and ends up being a pick for the Packers yeah, defense. and Smith is standing in the heart of the pocket at that time he can't throw yep. it away so it's things like that, man, where it's just uh, the Packers' defensive line. We talked about it all summer long. It was going to be a strength for them. I think they've had their moments, but uh, we'll have to see what happens with Wilkerson. That's a big chunk of it, though, if uh, if he's not able to go. Yeah, well, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least discuss to Let's some extent it. the uh, the Clay Matthews I'm roughing ready. the passer. Third straight week. Now, Clay Matthews, first nine years of his career, he has four roughing the passer penalties. The last three weeks, he's had three. Now, we all know, as we've said, the one against Chicago and 
Matthews has admitted it multiple times. That was on him. He knows he shouldn't have done it. Perfectly legitimate roughing the passer call. But these last two weeks, and you can you can just see the frustration right there on the field. He sacks Smith. He looks at the referee right away, you know, because he's actually worried that maybe a flag is going to come out. And then sure enough, the flag does come out. I, I joke, I was, you know, I say maybe half joking in my chat or in the inbox, wherever I wrote it last week that it, you know, it's time to just bear hug the quarterback and hold on. It's true. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what else Clay Matthews is supposed to do. Now, that being said, you have to try to do something different because you can't keep getting flags. So yeah. you, you can't just keep doing the same thing because the flags are going to keep coming out. But I'm not sure what the answer is, Wes. I'm really not. Let's get the flags out. The flag, the red flags. <laughs> Throw them on the quarterback. I'll tell you what, Mike. Um, here's what's funny about this. Here's the, 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 the theater of it. Week one, egregious. You know, everyone understands that. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, even if he wasn't trying to be malicious in it, you go up near the quarterback's head and the ball's out, they're going to throw the flag. Matthew's got that. Last, last week is last week. Wasn't a penalty. This might have been the first week that the referees got the call right in terms of the letter of the law. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact it's a terrible foul. Yeah. It's a terrible call. Right. But it is funny in that Clay Matthews, after three straight weeks, the referees actually got the call probably right, and it doesn't change the fact that it's terrible. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. But here's, I, here, yeah. here's the thing, Wes, and this is interesting, because after, after we got back last night, after the plane landed, got home, um looking through some different things on the internet. I've got my eye on Sunday night football. I saw I saw a discussion that happened on the Sunday night football pregame show. And apparently they had Terry McCauley, the former official who's now kind of one of these rules analysts for the networks. And he pointed out something very interesting that there is language in the rule as far as this whole body weight thing on the quarterback. There's language right. in the rule about it being unnecessary. You know, and that's the part I think that's getting lost here is that, okay, so yes, by the letter of the law, Clay Matthews landed with all of his body weight on the quarterback, but it was necessary for him to make the play. It wasn't some unnecessary act that was outside of the play that he was trying to make. And I think that's what's getting lost here. And as, we, as we've talked about, all of this focus on the rules and the changes in the rules and all this kind of stuff, it has... The, the officials hyper-focused on finding reasons to throw flags instead of stopping to think about the reasons not to throw Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That's what's going on here. And unfortunately, the Packers seem to be the team that's right in the middle of it. Now, not long before the Clay Matthews sack, Aaron Rodgers gets basically tossed like a rag doll on a sack, Correct. actually lands on his head. Correct. His helmet goes right into the turf. And then... We in the press box were treated to a little conversation between Rodgers and referee Craig Rolstad where he had left his microphone on during the TV timeout, and we heard Rodgers asking the referee about, hey, like, did, I, you know, did you see me get thrown down on my head there? And the referee said, well, I couldn't see it through all the pile of bodies and whatever based on his angle, so he couldn't, so he couldn't throw the flag. So that, again, brings me back to the point I've been making all along, which is if you want to protect these players – then you have to have replay to look at this because if one guy is in charge of throwing that flag and he can't see what happened, then how are we? How is anybody supposed to get anything right and trust that the calls are all going to be legitimate and fair? It's, it's, it's not happening correctly, and the league needs to do something about it. 
Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I can't add much more to that. You're right. Here's here's the one thing I will say though. Uh, this is the one thing I really appreciate about Clay Matthews. Uh, afterwards, he said he did not he did not agree with it. Obviously, uh, and it, he handled it all. In my opinion, handled it very professionally. Uh, you could tell his frustration, considering he comes from a third generation football family, has an uncle that played in the league for 20 years, a father that played in the league for 19 years. He's been playing this game for 20 years. He said, "This is the way I play it." I almost wish, though, he would have did one thing differently. And, I'm, and I understand the, the game's played at a million miles per hour. There's nothing you can do. Right. I think it would have made a great statement to the league if he would have bear-hugged him and stopped. Right. And then uh, to getting back to your original thing. Because, mm-hmm. one, they would have had to co- – he had his arms covered, so there's nothing Alex Smith could right. do. If you, if you can get the quarterback in a bear hug, he's not, he's not going anywhere. I think that would have been a great statement in terms of the – I'm not saying this is how you should do it. Right. But I'm saying I think that would have been a great moment for people to really look at and be like, is this the league you want? Mm-hmm. Is this the play you want? Do you want your 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 faces, your celebrity pass rushers, the, the guys that Sunday Night Football is going to put on their promotions, do you want him going up to Alex Smith and bear-hugging him until the ref calls end of forward right. progress? Uh, until they blow the whistle. Yep. Yeah. And I think that might be what's going to happen because getting back to your original thing about unnecessary you know, penalty, Clay Matthews said he could have made it unres- unnecessary. There's things he could have done that would have been Absol- over the top Absolutely. on that specific play. Absolutely. But he got inside leverage on the tackle he had a straight line to the quarterback yeah you're telling me clay matthews is going to be able to get his hips around on that play and by the way you get your hips around too much you know what you're doing you're suplexing them yeah you're going to do the same thing that happened to rogers yeah but now you don't have the clutter and you're getting the play (laughs) yeah 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 what 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 deron Payne did yeah if if rolstad can see it he's throwing the flag sure and and that potentially changes a changes a possession a possible scoring opportunity so for here's the Packers the, here's as well. the here's the lesson here kids make sure there's a scrum around the quarterback <laughs> and, then and take your and shot do what you will yeah yeah yes <laughs> well i tell you what Wes, we spent more time on that than i thought we were going to and there was a lot that happened elsewhere in the nfl and let's save a lot of that discussion and where things are sure. in the nfc north for tomorrow's show and uh there are some other things obviously to follow up on this game but you know what we're just gonna what i'm gonna what? interrupt you one more time okay you know the it. ultimate travesty with this okay clay matthews played two pretty good games <laughs> he played well yep. against minnesota it got wiped out he got a sack in this game it got wiped out yeah okay <laughs> <sighs> all right, <laughs> but we do have to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on the website, Packers.com. On Twitter, you can follow him at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers, for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.